and welcome to the Steam Power Podcast. All right, live from beautiful downtown Southern Maryland, it's time once again for the Steam Power Podcast, episode number 75 for October 17th, 2015. We are a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you the latest and greatest in science, technology, engineering, art, and math news. Steam Power, the power to change the world. I'm Mike. I'm Lisa. It's time to get steamy. I nailed it. Yes, you did. I nailed it. This has been the first time in a long time that you did. It's the first time in (laughs) 74 episodes or 75. Probably so. I'm going to take a celebration ring for that one. <laughs> um, so this is going to be a quick episode this week because we got stuff to do, places to go. Yes. We got our first Comic Con slash cosplay event tomorrow. Tomorrow yep. with our uh, which I am very event. surprised they were doing one in Southern Maryland. I was really surprised to hear that, but hopefully it will turn out to be something that's well attended and oh, it will be. Uh, you know, oh, I think there's be. from what I've heard, there's a lot of interest in it. So. There's a lot of pent-up nerds here. Yeah, that's true. A lot of closet nerds, I think. That's true. So we're going to see that tomorrow. I'll, take, I'll snag some pictures and post them up on the interwebs. With your GoPro? Or something. With GoPro, yeah. no pro, um, or something pro. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take that with me. Yeah. I'll film that. Um, gosh. Yeah. I don't got anything else to say. No, Should I don't Should we write the stories? Yeah, Shall we do I think stories? so. Let's do yeah. stories. Story time. We don't have anything. Uh, nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> All right. Let me share this. Nothing new. Present to everybody. All right. First story for the week. The end of bad eyesight. The end for reading well, glasses. Well, yes, for, is for older people. Near. Because I think what they're specifically talking about is as you get older, your eyes change the lens becomes your yes. muscles. The, the lens cardens, and you're therefore the muscles in your eyes can't. It's not a, they can't change the uh, lens to to stay focused. Yes. Yeah, so basically, I'm assuming older people for reading purposes. That's not a good um, candidate for LASIK or anything like that to help with their eyes. So right. So it's a, a basically a for a certain condition called presbyopia. Which happens which is common people that are 45 years or older. Older people. Which we're getting there. Reading glasses, yes. So. I've um, gotten to the point. I had my my eyes done when I was 21, I think, with LASIK. And I loved it, loved it, loved it. But then I've got to the point a couple of years ago where I noticed I've started needing glasses just here and there. Just teeny little here and there things. But I think it's just old age. The yuck. Yeah. <laughs> you staying as young as you used to nope. be. And so there's anyway, no fight in that. These are a group of researchers from the University of Leeds have developed a uh, technology based on liquid crystals, kind of the same thing that's in your LCD TVs and mm-hmm. smartphones, um, that you would actually, they would actually surgically uh, replace the lens in your eye. Um, they can also, they're also thinking about doing, like, I guess, contact lenses, but a new generation of those. But there's also an intraocular lens implant that would now basically replace your lens with one of these LCD kind of display things, which. So would that work for the rest of your life? Is that what the. Well, so, I mean, that, that seems to be the case because right? it's not that your muscles are getting weaker in your eyes. It's that the lens is stiffened so yes. far. So yeah. Assuming that this is a, a doesn't ever, I guess, does it get, you know, does over time, does it begin to harden yeah. this material? I don't know. Now, what I, I wonder if this is something that could also be done on people who have already had LASIK. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. Uh, let's hear it. They use ultrasound to break down the old lens. Then a liquid crystal display would then be inserted. Although I will say any sort of surgery around your eye oh, is scary as sounds, hell. Yeah, just It mm. really is. I mean, laser. <laughs> let thing. me just say, when I was done, they were done with the procedure and... I opened my eyes and I saw nothing. It was blackness. And I flipped out so much they had to get me some sort of Valium or something like that. The nurse had to come in because I was beside myself. I thought I'd gone blind because it takes yeah. it takes a little while. I mean, like maybe an hour or so for your eyes to 
I guess, process it or whatever. And then your site comes back. But I mean, that was scary as hell for that hour. So when you can't see anything, that is a scary feeling. Well, it also says here, the lenses have an application in taking care of cataracts. Um, the clouding of natural lenses okay. could also be fixed. Um, apparently liquid crystals are, are a phase of matter. So we all know about solids, liquid gases, but apparently it says here liquid crystals lie in between crystalline silence and crystalline liquids. Uh, they have a, they are an ordered structure like a crystal, but they can also flow like a liquid hmm. and respond to stimuli. They hope to have the first commercially available liquid lenses should be able to be on sale within six to 10 years. It seems like a friggin' eternity. Wow. In terms six to of, 10 years. yeah, that seems like a way that sounds in, in terms of technology. It's like, yeah, that's What's a taking lifetime. Them so long? I, don't, I mean, it's, uh, sure. It's medical. So therefore, there's well, yeah, FDA approval. Well, you know, I think the university of Leeds will Leeds wah, is wah, wah. Europe, right? Yes. I'm, yeah, I'm assuming I'm so. Assuming too. All right. So that's cool. Sounds so, like English, uh, maybe in, well, okay, in about yeah, ten years, I'll be um, I'll be you hitting mid forty, so maybe I'll uh, yeah. take that up. <laughs> all right, next story. Speaking of making us all superhumans, Ray Kurzweil. So, if no one's heard of Ray Kurzweil, I have not heard. of He Ray is the guy Kurzweil. behind. He believes that we're coming upon what's called um, um, shoot, not the anomaly. Um, gosh darn it. Yeah, he's a he's an artificial intelligence guru. Uh, the singularity, that's it. Thank you, singularity. He's the big idea that with genetic uh, genetic research, digital technology, nanotechnology, robots, computers, that all this is going to converge into what's called a, his point is it's a time a point in time called the singularity, after which humanity comes out of it like the, like a, the next generation of humans. What that is beyond the singularity, and what that so implies. he's saying we're going to evolve into our new selves or whatever. He says that, yes. So the next for is? humans to take the next step in evolution, it will be a technology based thing. Okay. Natural natural um, selection has taken us as far as we can go. So his idea is nanotech. Um, in this case, I mean, if he's talking about these little things that like actually that's like a little robot that attaches to the neural network of your brain wow. and helps you do things like just thinking about like. Um, his example in this article was like, Hey, I'm going down the street. I see somebody I know. I want to think of something clever to think about. Hmm. You could then go Can back to the that? cloud and, <laughs> and download some, something about that person. And you would store it in your that. brain. It would come. It would. So because I walk down the street crazy. and I see somebody I know, and I can't even remember their name, let alone something clever to say. So, so there you go. So <laughs> you will be one of the uh, first to volunteer. Um, so yeah, he's actually um, so his his hype. He's this is something really kind What's of this new. Will become godlike thing. Like, uh, well, the idea is one of, one of the things of if you if you believe in God, well, definition. what is what is what is one of the what is one of the, what is one of the things of uh, to, the, um, omnipotent, omnipotent, omniscient, which is all knowing. So yes. the idea is this would give us the ability to at least be the all knowing part. Okay. That just like today, like when you don't know something, what do you do? You go Google it, right? But there's still there's this there's this. Except we only know what's available to us. We still don't know everything. Well, you know a lot more than you would normally know. Yes, but that doesn't make us godlike because we not we're not going to know everything. <laughs> we're only going to know what we have the capability so, to. Yeah. It's no. That's just a that that is simply link bait to make people click. Okay. It. But the idea is that you're no longer you are no longer limited to what is stored in your brain right now. So for instance, like the matrix he's talking about like the matrix, right? Where you're presented with you have to learn how to fly this airplane. You've never flown it, you've never taken a class, you don't know. All you would do is would go download the flight manual of learning how to fly and you just you would download it right in your brain. You would learn instantaneously how to fly. Hmm. That's that's the kind of stuff he's talking about. Um, interesting. He also talks goes on that's more than. But just in order for this to happen, we all need to have these implants, things in brain. our brain. And honestly, by twenty thirty, I cannot see the medical industry right um, allowing that. <laughs> honestly. So look at the story. For, you know, if it's a non, you know, there's no health threat to you and you're going to have brain surgery just because. Right. 
I just don't see that happening so by that, 2030. The, for sure. it's a, that's why this is a good article because they reach out to other scientists that work in the field and have they, you know, they believe in the idea of the technology. They don't think it's, they just don't think the time horizon is right. Yes. Um, and, you know, I'll go with that. I don't think the time horizon is see, right. I, you know, right. I think 2030 is far too soon and we're not going to see this technology in place by 2030. But I would submit in the world of quote unquote, the bad guy. So, you know, it used to be, and you know, we, and we've, we've learned this now in the past 10 years in, it used to be, we used to fight wars against other nation states. Lately, we've been fighting wars against, you know, terrorist groups, which much more, um, you know, let, they're not as, they are organized, but they're not quite as easy to find. They're yes. more network based. And the, and you mix this with the, the maker community and, and the idea is, Whereas before it took a the resource of a nation to to um, engineer and to evolve new technologies, now it's so cheap anybody can do it. So my thinking is this: if we if we don't do this as the you know Western world or as the not beyond the Western world because there's a lot of places in the other parts of the world that are learning, but say developing or developed nations, if we don't tackle this stuff, I guarantee you if there if there ever becomes a military advantage to having this stuff, the bad guys will do it themselves. Maybe, yeah. So that's why you have to research this stuff um, because you never know who's going to take advantage of it and try to use it as a weapon against you. It's a, maybe it's a very um, dystopian point of view, but it is yeah. reality. I mean, look at the drones. Everyone's worried about drones. Well, I guarantee you Bad guys are looking at. Oh, and by the way, it was a side story, um, bonus article. We'll talk about that later. Um, was it the one where all the drones are supposed to be licensed now, or something right, like yeah. that? So yeah. Start, Monday, I there, saw there that. may be an announcement from the U.S. government that if you buy a drone, you're going to have to register it with the Department. I of saw that. Yeah. So the point though is, um, is that it's cat any any drone? That's what. Like, I'm what about like, a little helicopter? Little ten dollar like remote. Have? We've had remote control. My problem is that drones today are nothing more than remote controlled. Vehicles. Is it something when it flies above a certain threshold Maybe. it needs to be registered? I don't know. I, we'll see you on Monday. I don't know what the rule is going to be. Anyway, back to this story and tying it back in is that this kind of research is going to be done by somebody somewhere. Um, and, you know, if you read the story more, it talks about what's already been done. There's things like you have no idea that it's already been done. Like last year, they already injected cockroaches with DNA nanobots and these nanobots were able to follow specific instructions. Like they were able to dispense drugs with certain criteria were, were met in, when they detected certain things inside. The cockroaches like inside the cockroach. Drugs? No, no, the nanobots dispensed. Oh, <laughs> the med- I heard the that wrong. I was like, what? They also. I'm have, thinking of like a little prison cockroach carrying a cigarette on its back or something. No, and so the, <laughs> they talk about there's been nanobots this year were injected into the stomach lining of a mi- of a mouse, and the same thing was. It was able to sense, dispense medicine, and dispense medicine. That's cool. Um, I would like to have that. Researchers have also done. They talk about where we've done the human messaging from one human brain to the to another human brain. So by thinking of a message, you could you were able to transmit it, kind of like ESP, but with a technology based ESP. So this is stuff that's already being done. It's already being done. It's been done. Sure, it's very early, very you know, very laboratory controlled conditions, but. It's being done. I know. I just don't think in our country it's going to be able to take root for a long time because of the restrictions of the healthcare industry. But read the story here. because says, we're already implanting thousands of humans with brain chips, such as in Parkinson's patients, who have a brain chip that enables them better But that's because they have a health-related reason to get it done. So you're saying when you, that when right. you start talking about people getting it done just healthy to get people. it done, right? Well, yes, not healthy people done. who are saying I want this chip implanted in my brain. That's going to be a no go for the healthcare industry. You imagine your insurance is not going to pay for that. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> they won't even pay for stuff to cover when you're actually sick, let alone if you're healthy and want to get brain surgery. No, so, and I can't imagine too many doctors would be that willing to operate on healthy patients and put them at risk with surgery when 
you know, there's no medical necessity. Sure. So if you're interested and you're curious, there's a, this, this article goes on for quite a while. It's actually, it's an interview with Ray Kurzweil. Um, we'll put the link up to it on the website with the article. It's a fascinating read because it's one of those things where um, Ray Kurzweil is one of those guys that's really good at so thinking big thoughts, but he's able to explain does it. Does he and convey think it in that just way. because we have technology inserted into our brain or whatever, that's going to make us a cyborg? Is that his definition of it? Well, so, so Ray Kurzweil is driven. Okay. Cause so, I see this little quote at the bottom. that says, once we're cyborgs, will be funnier, sexier, and more loving. So, Ray, so you have to know a little bit about Ray Kurzweil. What is his definition of a cyborg? Like, so he, well, somebody with technology implanted, implanted in right. them. Well, heck, augment, most people are cyborgs if they have a medical necessity. You know, it's sure. But so his point is, I don't think I would consider it's more, that a it, cyborg. Right, it's more than it, it's it's not just sustaining. Your, it's it's improving. So the the idea is, it's when technology is there, not to just to fix you or make you whole it's when technology is implanted to actually make you better or more than you could have done as a normal human yeah that's his definition now and, and so my we, definition i think would be when we rely on the technology more than our natural instinct sure and so you know then we would be more computational and technological than so, than natural yeah so bottom line ray kurzweil is driven by a desire he wants to live forever that is his dream because he had some issues with his father. His father died kind of, I guess, earlier when they were in the midst of, um, but anyway, so that's driven him. Which happens to, to a lot of people. Right. And it's, but he wants to live in a post death world. He wants to live where death okay. is no longer a reality. And that's what drives What about the work. environmental conditions on the planet? Well, then he needs to hook up, he needs to hook up that. with um, Elon Musk so that we can start populating <laughs> Mars and other planets. Yes. You're right. There is implications beyond that. Yes, there is. But if you're interested in the story and nanobots and how our brains might be functioning with you know robots inside of them in the 2030 time frame, which is perfect because that's just right on where we're supposed to be landing on Mars, mm-hmm. um, you can check out this article. Next story. So making this a little bit less um, future, uh, the digital health revolution is is slowly becoming a reality. Um, there was a quote saying that the last industry that has not been um, um, had kind of like the digital revolution occur to it is healthcare. So they've talked about the music industry, it's coming though. the television industry, movie industry, uh, book industry. All these industries have have had to live with the digital revolution, right? Yes. So the, the one, the one last big one that has a lot of the ones that's probably the fattest in terms of money. I'd even argue, I'd argue that the education is started, but it hasn't fully. Yeah. Education hasn't. No, but it's not as much money as what the healthcare industry will be. Yeah. The healthcare industry is a huge cash cow when somebody taps into. So the, in the healthcare sector, in terms of digital technology um, in 2014, the funding in digital health startups, just money going to startups, yes, reached 3.5 billion dollars, which was that. quadrupled from what it was in 2010. I mean, I have noticed just this year alone with my doctors, like two of them have this what's called a patient portal, where you can log in, you can get all of your um, where you've had exams and their note, the doctor's notes, any MRIs or x-rays or um, like if you have a bone scan or blood work or any sort of test results are on there that you can print out. Exactly. And it's, it's sort of all your information there for one. Now the thing that I don't like is that they're all separate. (laughs) So each doctor has its own little company and thing. that's the point of the story is that it talked about a couple things, but the one thing. So it's big like thing, you have to log into, you know, if, and if you're somebody like me who goes to several different doctors for different things, you have to log into and, all these different things. And it makes no sense because and healthcare is a holistic thing. You can't, yes. you can't treat your health Although I, as I think, I, I think the biggest um, hurdle they have is that there is a form you have to sign. Like if you're transferring records to another doctor or something like that, you have to sign a form authorizing that you will transfer to another doctor. So the doctor can't, they can't just merge together without some sort of a, um, okay from you. I realize that this is a United States based problem because we have HIPAA law. 
Yes. I'm sure other parts of the world have similar laws, uh, but I don't know. The issue is most of the world has a single – most of the developed world has a single-payer uh, health care system or a health care system that is a lot less bloated than the U.S. health care system. Yes. Um, which is why I think people um, – there's so much money to be had because it is such a bloated and inefficient by design system. Um, like you're, like you're pointing out, but yeah. we've, we, and I think what we're seeing is with, as, 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 as the next generation is the young, as the baby boomer and before generation dies off, the newer generations want to have, so I, digital technology, they want yes. to have their records. So, so the most important thing that we have, our banking is already online. Yes. I'm more concerned about my banking stuff getting screwed up than my healthcare stuff, you know? So if, if we are, if we're serious about a making a dent in the healthcare cost, the biggest thing you're right is first tackling the easy thing, which is healthcare records. Yes. There should be a universal, um, not necessarily a single solution, but there has to be an interoperable solution. Just imagine like if the internet, you know, if, if you were on a Mac computer and you could only access the Mac internet, and if you wanted to see the other part of the internet, you had to go to be on a Windows machine. It doesn't make sense. There has to be interoperability. Um, but I think it, that's just bureaucracy right now. Right. And I think that's, that's the reason why there isn't. And I think there, this goes back to the whole thing with government. While there's good intentions, for instance, for the longest time, the. Netflix didn't have the ability, like, you know what you like, you're watching a movie, right? Yes. And you think, oh, it'd be real easy. I want to favorite this and, and share it with everybody. I Facebook. don't know how to do that. Well, <laughs> you're not saying you have to do just, just realize that people want to do like everything else. Yeah, is, I, I sure. favorite my book. I favorite. I, I fit, see people on book, Facebook right? doing that. Yes, I do. But Netflix, I don't know how they do Netflix it, but I see couldn't it. have that was not allowed, was legally prohibited in the United States from having that built into their system. Why? Because of an old 1980s law. So there was a congressman, I think it was a congressman back in like early 1980 who got, um, was buying adult movies at a bookstore, but the, or a movie store, a uh, rental movie. We used to go to a store and rent movies. Like Blockbuster. And they were able, people, the, there was no law against people selling the, you know, you know how like, your uh, your your customer your customer records is val- valuable data and people yes. can sell that. Well, he got busted back when we frowned oh, upon buying pornography. Poor guy. <laughs> well, so he went and made a law that said that movie industries could not share their data data about what people are watching. Okay. And the way the wall remember this is pre-internet or pre-internet. Yeah. That was adopted what by those Netflix. Ashley Madison people have loved to hand that. <laughs> right. So here's the issue. Well, that was a different. They, they weren't sharing on purpose. They were bust. They got hacked. busted. <laughs> so the point is, because of a a law written 1980s, before there was the internet in the way we know it today, up until like 2000, I think it was like last year, the year before 2013, the Netflix couldn't put a share button in their website because it violated according to the law. The ni- this 1980s rule, which had nothing to do with the internet, it was simply a way to protect people from the the rental yeah. record. But because of the way but it was if interpreted, you share your data. But the way the law was written, it didn't matter. It, oh, the, the law had to have been rewritten. So you couldn't even choose to share your data. They were prohibited from sharing, no matter oh. even if you asked for the customer's hmm. permission, you weren't allowed to share, and that was the issue. So, so did they change that? They have changed the law, so now that's why you can't go in there and hit like a okay. movie on Facebook. Uh, and then share it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Mm, yeah, I don't know how to do that. But, but sure. my point is, HIPAA, while there was probably good intent on trying to protect people, sometimes laws and rules and regulations actually, as technology moves on, get in the way of doing the right thing and the better yes. thing. Um, and I think that happens a lot in the healthcare industry. So anyway, this article talks about other things that are happening, like big data. Big data is like... You know, you have all this data coming in about healthcare. How do you make sense of it? Things like Watson and, um, you know, search algorithms and data mining and how that's going to have to really step up in order to, again, cut down on those overhead costs in healthcare. Um, Internet of Things, it talks about the idea of, you know, telehealth, where right now the healthcare, at least in the United States and actually even really most of the world, 
healthcare is a reactive thing. You wait until you get hurt or injured or your heart explodes. Then you get medical care. Not anymore. Not. <laughs> I used to. So the point is the <laughs> future anymore. of healthcare needs to be more proactive where yes. you are monitored. And when something gets out of whack before it causes a serious health issue, yes. you get reined in and shit. Hey, yes. it looks like you're eating Imagine a lot that. of fatty food. You need to call back on that. The problem is I think. Is that directed at me? Well, no, it's all of us. All of us. <laughs> The point is, it's okay. I don't take offense. Well, no. The point is, healthcare is in this, and at least in the United States, it's, it's all about the hospital, right? Yes. For most people, you get sick, you go to the hospital. Yes, Even that's if it's the a end game. Thing, yeah. Or if it's a big thing, because you know that's you know hopefully changing with Affordable Care Act and whatnot. But still, most of those people, you wait until something happens, and then you go to the, ho- the yes, hospital, where the costs yeah. are huge. Whereas if I could keep you at the house and monitor you over the internet with telehealth and check in with you um, and keep you, you know, in your comfort, because I think a part of it also is, is people recover faster in their own home because it's a more comfortable environment, but you don't have the access to the, you know, doctors, but with technology, you can, you can have a telepresence of a doctor in your house um, over the internet the problem is, I think, uh, again, I think a lot of the problem with this is because healthcare is a, a lot of people who, who takes care of, who takes advantage of healthcare the most? It's usually older people, right? Seniors, yeah. Seniors, because that's. When but that's who needs most well, right. healthcare. But they're also the people who are most adverse <laughs> to technology. So the story goes But on that's going to be changing. Right. So there's two things this article talks about. Also, so you're right, as, as the generation shift is yes. one thing, but it also talks about getting technology not into the hands of the actual patient, but get it into the hands of the caregiver. Yes. And let them, and, and so instead of having a, and the, the point is like with the Internet of Things, is instead of having a senior citizen have to use an iPhone app, you just strap a, a watch on them that monitors and then mm-hmm. relays without them having to interact. Um, so anyway, all that stuff rolled together. You put all the, the, the Internet of Things, wearables, big data, um, healthcare records. This article is kind of the whole story of that. So my okay. question to you is, are you ready for that? Or as someone who does have a lot of healthcare issues, are you ready to embrace a internet-based, more proactive health system yes, definitely. than having to go. So even though there is a perceived risk of, you know, my data, the internet, I don't trust the internet. It's nothing See, I do, honestly, quite honestly, I could care less who sees my healthcare records. Honestly, that's how I, I don't care. I don't exactly. It's not like your bank information. It's not like they're going to, what are they going to steal from your healthcare records? Like like, what, is it just a shameful thing? Like, Ooh, I don't want people to know I have this. I think there's two concerns. Who cares? I'm going to tell them anyway, if they need me. Well, I think there's (laughs) like, I think the, the, the one legitimate concern that again, even with laws that can be abused is that we'll, Will people not hire you or will you not get insurance? Yes, that is a legitimate concern, um, yes. But I think that's something that will time will take care of because you're right. Here's the point. Just like just like when looking at porn was was taboo or being a gay or lesbian was taboo, the reality is we've all got freaking healthcare issues. Everybody's yes. got an issue. Um so I think once we get over that stigma, then things will be a lot better. Uh, right now, I think there's a stigma that you have to be this this, this yes. perceived of being this. I think especially health. when it comes to mental health, there's a big stigma. Right. Yeah. So I think as we break that down, um, I think we've broken down the physical away. health barriers a little bit, but definitely mental health, we've got a long way to go. Next story. All right. Artificial intelligence machine has the same intelligence quotient or IQ Every time I as a see four-year-old, that AI, four-year-old child. I read it as Al. I don't know why. I just do. <laughs> the Al machine. The I Al machine. It. I love it. That's good. <laughs> We're going to do that from Alan. The Al machine. Um, so apparently, let's see here. It was, a, it was a robot or an AI machine that was built by MIT. Um and a group of researchers at the University of Illinois decided to take a. Uh, I guess there's. This is probably something you know. In test. Oh, did our cat come in? Yes. <laughs> our cat has invaded us. Um, 
there's a test called the Weschler Preschool and Primary Scale yes, of Intelligence. Yes, I've heard of that. Um, and they took that test and they gave it to this this AI machine, which is called Concept Net Four, which is a very MIT name. Concept, <laughs> Concept Net Four. Net 4. <laughs> um, they just call him out. And so the point. Call so here's an out. example of some of the questions that they call would ask. What is a cat? Where would you find a tiger? Rain and snow are both made up of. And so those are the kind of questions that I guess you would expect a four-year-old yeah. to be able to understand and answer. And so apparently this I don't know, the rain and snow one might trick them up, but well, it's for the smart four. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> um, I had to think a minute. So anyway, um, apparently, after applying this test, the the concept net four AI machine kind of passed with the ability to reason as pretty much as a most, you know, an average four-year-old four-year-old. Now were they child. disappointed with that or were they happy? Oh, I think that? it was a good thing. I think it was okay. seen as, I was going to say, were was, they going for more intelligence or is that, well, I mean, I think, all right, everyone would love to have that. They've developed the Einstein. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, to me, that's pretty awesome actually. Hmm. Um, That you know you can you can reason that so it's, it's my whole point of artificial intelligence and robot is that and people that were against it from the it will not not against it because they thought it would lead to the end of the civ- of humanity because the robots would take over and kill us all, but from the idea that you can never mimic human intelligence, I always thought that was a false argument because I think we like to think that intelligence is a more complicated thing because. We like to pride that we are, quote-unquote, the intelligent species. I think intelligence is not as complicated. I except, think it's a lot of it is simply a lot except of Except as I'm reading this, it says, you know, like it scored poorly on comprehension questions and on, like, societal-based questions with inherent meanings. Like, when asked, why do people shake hands, and interpreted the question as, what is the reason people's hands shake? It was. It went for a more scientific right. explanation than a societal, explanationary, comprehensive type explanation. Sure. So but, that may take a while to develop. But a child could also misperceive. I think that question. I don't think so. No, I. I think. I think humans are just born with more inherent knowledge and they learn as they grow from societal norms and things like that. Like if a kid was asked, why do you shake someone's hand? They would probably say something like to say hello or, right. you know, something like that. Okay. I'm so right. I don't think a kid would go on the whole thing of like what makes our hands shake. So here's a, here's, here's a, I read when I, your point that you're making. So here's, here's the way I interpret that. It did good on the stuff that we kind of are pushing in common core. Yes. The, the simple rote the memorization. Programmable, no, we're not pushing rote memorization. Common core is not rote memorization. It is the conceptual so application it, of math. It is not rote memorization. Okay. So, it, it, in fact, it goes away from some of the rote memorization a little bit because. So in other words, this so this guy when it was a when there was a simple concrete answer, it did good. When it was more interpretive, not so. Yes, good. exactly. Okay. And I think that interpretive stuff is stuff that we learn as we grow up from other people. Gotcha. So that's not something that can be easily programmed. Okay, I see your point. I see your point. It's, it's learned through experience, not yes, simply by exactly. Study. Okay. So there is hope for then for us as humans. Yes. You think so? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's instead of talking about humans, let's talk about some aliens. All right. So you're gonna. I'll explain this one to you. Yes, Have you ever heard I of a thing called a one. Dyson sphere? I don't know that I have. So the idea there's a it was a scientist and I forget his first name but his name his last name was Dyson. Okay. <laughs> um, postulated that a significantly advanced species civilization when they have you know like 
you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions of years of technological existence, like mm-hmm. kind of where we are, but spread that over billions of years. So like, yes. where will humanities, humans be in a billion years? Um, he postulates that it gives, every star eventually dies, right? Yes. Well, what he thinks is that you, they would build a structure called a Dyson sphere around their star to harness the last bits of energy. Okay. So basically imagine taking your, taking your photovoltaics your, 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 of your um, solar roof. Yes. Hi. But doing that, like building it so large that it could go around your entire star. Okay. And encapsulate your star <laughs> and then right. harness the energy so that you could survive for a few more billion years mm-hmm. as your star dies. That's a Dyson sphere. Okay. There's also ones where it's kind of like satellites where it's not completely enclosed. So I take it this guy believes in aliens that have human-like capabilities. Right. So he's saying an, an intelligent species. Okay. Kind of because we have not done this right. yet. It, so it would require significant that somebody amount. else is doing this, he must believe in a human-like alien right. form. So here's the interesting thing. We have this Kepler telescope, right? Yes. We've been out scanning the sky. And we've noticed something around star KIC 8462852 that's, well, kind of weird. Okay. So when we go out there and we look at the stars in the universe and we try to see how, like, what kind of planets are around it, mm-hmm. we do something basically. We wait for the a planet to cross in front of the star. Yes. And that will dim the amount of light we're seeing. Yes. And depending on how much it dims and how long it dims, we can guess that it's a planet. Yes. How big that planet is and how, how long it takes to orbit the, it's yes. the star, which tells us then kind of how far it's from the star. Mm-hmm. Well, this star KIC 8462852 isn't, is, is dimming, but it's doing so in a really weird way. Okay. In a way that we've, and I'm going to read it verbatim because I'm going to, if I get it wrong, there's a lot of explanations what could be happening, right? So Yes, it, as I would imagine, because um, we can't, so the first we can't is, see it clearly enough to ascertain what's going on, correct? Right, so here's the thing. So if, it was, okay. if it's a planet, it would dim about the same amount of time, and it would do so at, four, uh, at, at fairly regular intervals. Cause, okay. You know, this thing, it's, it's kind of dimming up at 80, it dims at about 80 days at a time, but it does it at irregular intervals, so it's not a planet. Okay. Nor is it likely to be a clot of dust or rocks, kind of like an asteroid belt. Yes. Um, those sort of debris disks are only known to occur around young stars, and this star is a much older star. Okay. So we don't think it's that. The debris usually gives off an extra infrared radiation, but there is no extra infrared radiation on this one. Um the data has been, you know, they've looked at it multiple times to make sure there's not a glitch with mm-hmm, the, the telescope. telescope. Yeah. Um, so it leaves just a few explanations. Oh, I see the big red letter um, in there. <laughs> Perhaps so, stars late is being blocked by huge so alien architecture. The, the, there, and there's a good report. She, so there's this, this researcher, she's a PhD student, that went through all the natural occurring reasons, right? Yes. Of what, what could be happening. That um, we know of. That we know of. Right, 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 right. This That's is, the thing. I mean, there's so much that we learn every single day, right. especially when it comes to the universe. Freeman Dyson, and science. that's the guy's name. And I mean, right, there, there could be things that we're not even aware so of happening. It, it, though, so the story goes I tend talks to about believe the other that. Ones. More than I would believe it's right, alien. Right. And, and one of the astronomers here says, I think that the old adage, Extraordinary claims requires extraordinary evidence. Yeah, probably applies here, and that's very true. That that kind of would be, and there there is potentially other things that they're looking at as as to what could be happening. The point, though, is I'll go up to this picture. That's kind of like one theory of what it would look like, okay. right? Like these big solar yeah. things that begin. I mean, all how does this energy. guy know what another? civilization would use. Well, like, he was what? guessing. He, he was, he's a theorist. He's a theorist. He's thinking. He yeah, was. but can anybody do that? I mean, yes. can a five-year-old kid say, sure. gee, I think if there were aliens on another planet, they would use a big ball and Surround their put star. it around their star and get yeah. their energy from that. I mean, what makes him any more special than anybody else? <laughs> he has a PhD. Ooh. <laughs> so anyway. Big deal. <laughs> the, the point is, 
if you're curious, though, this is something we're going to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. I just, I, I think they're. So the point is, the chances of it being something right. occurring in the universe that is not, and, and that's kind of the story. Is that regardless know, of what the re- the real answer is, it's going to push our understanding of further, yes. further because the, everything that we have seen. When you when you study it, there it doesn't it doesn't fit into any of the possible explanations of planets, yes. your asteroid belts. So anything that we've seen evidence of already, in other and it's fine to stars, say we don't know. Like, well, it's fine, okay. but you have to start developing hypotheses, even yes, if it is yes. far fetched as a alien civilization building a. Yes, I I agree. Um, There's you know, you can do that. Sure. So anyway. I just tend to be of the train of thought that there well, is probably right. something razor, right? the, that we just haven't learned yet right. occurring. Occam's razor states that the simplest, you know, so the thing is right now what they're basically saying is we're, we're, we're starting from the most simplest explanation, but as we've gone on, we've eliminated all the simple explanations. Yes. There's probably another one, another simpler one. But we haven't thought about it yet. Yeah. But for what we know today, all those have been eliminated, so the one that's the most promising is the one that's also the most far-fetched because there mm-hmm. is no gap. But anyway, I thought it was a cool story. It is a cool story, there is a, sure. So the reason I really like it is that so the, the Dyson Sphere played a big role in a Star Trek The Next Generation episode. Oh, I see. That brought back Scotty. So Scotty, um, who was the original Enterprise chief engineer, in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, he crashed on the Dyson Sphere. He saved himself by basically putting him in the transporter beam, and he can't, basically he kept transporting for over 70 years. The, the oh. Enterprise D came along, found it, found it and the whole, basically it was a way to show – It was they brought back Scotty, the old Star Trek yes. show. They brought back the old bridge of the old Enterprise. It was a nostalgic show. Okay. And it, he, he crashed on the Dyson Sphere. Was the okay. Story. Anyway. Anyway, let's get back to Earth, shall we? All right, yes. Sweden. Hello, <laughs> Sweden. So this is from Science Daily um, and the, I guess, the uh, Swedish Royal Institute or KTH Royal Institute of Technology. Sweden is on its way to becoming the world's first completely cashless society. Yes, so they use this form of, um, I don't want to say cash, it's like a payment. Mobile payments. Called Swish. Swish. I think. Yep. Yes. I guess it's like Swedish and cash. Swedish, yeah. Swish. That's kind of cute. <laughs> I like it. So they're saying it's like this is and Sweden. A lot of the but I'm a, I'm European assuming you countries. still have to have a card in order to right. So they use said, it. right. They're saying in a country where bank. Uh, now, when cards. this is going to get cool is when we can develop a wearable technology that we don't even have to carry our credit card. We can just swipe our fingerprint or something like that, like and it brings iPhone, up our bank account. Or your Apple Watch. Yes. Like, you know, if we can just swipe our fingerprint and it brings up the bank account or the credit card, or that would be cool. So it looks like what they're saying here is, you're right, so that – um, but this is a good first step, right? That that the idea is that you know, like I think in the United States, a penny, which is valued at one cent, yes, costs like two and a half cents to make. <laughs> so <laughs> for every penny you make, you're actually spending two and a half Leave it times. Leave to us to be counterintuitive. Um, so anyway. Uh, because and they have a strong uses pennies. And and well, right, and nobody, people, they're a pain in the ass. There you go. They she really said it. are. Um, I mean, change is honestly just a big pain. It honestly is. Even money is a pain in the butt. I mean, there's, you know, it's like when I ride through Chick fil A and I get a Coke in the morning, I hate pulling out the credit card for $2. So I try to keep cash on me. But, you know, if, I would love it if we just went to where everything, you know, we didn't. All right. So here's right. But and just I listen. could use the credit card for it. It's just, there's just something about it. it's only $2. I hate. All right. Mrs. Sociologist. So here, let me read this, the ending of the article. Uh, 
in spite of its popularity, Sweden will still have to ensure that all people are able to participate in the payment system. The transformation would present serious challenges for those unfamiliar with computers and mobile phones, mainly older people living in rural areas. Yes. Other segments of the population likely to feel the impact are the homeless and undocumented immigrants in a society without notes or cash. Uh, they will be even more at the mercy of government systems to survive. Yes, and that's true because if you think about it, you think about somebody that's homeless. If they're panhandling, yes, they're they're field. going. You have Neil. to give them cash. You're not going to just give them a credit card or something. Right. So, in order for this to be effective, Sweden's government has to do a better job at keeping track of every single person making sure that every single person has this card and probably it's going to cause some sort of um, upheaval of the welfare system and that kind of thing, you know, for payments for people who are not, you know, working or something like that. I, you know, I don't, does Sweden really have that many homeless people? No, I I, I wouldn't think so. Well, most Western European countries, um, do a very good job yeah. of having a very solid um, social network. Now, the older population with using the computers, that's an issue, but... That's something that will take care of itself with time. <sighs> yes, yes, I that's just true. It's just, it'll take care of it with time. That's true, and, and they're just going to have to have programs. You know, like when we switched over a lot of Medicare programs in this country a few years ago, where they had so many programs for older people to sign up for... Medicare Part A, Part B, Part C. You know, Sweden is just going to have to have a lot of government-funded programs to try to get these people used to using technology. I think it goes back. The reason I actually really like this story, probably the best of all of them today, is that it shows that technology is a great thing. It can make a lot of things better, but there are, as engineers, as my side of the fence, we don't do a good job of thinking of those second order effects that affect the people in society um, when we're developing a lot of this yes. stuff. So you have to, right? You have to. Yeah, like, I mean, a, a system like this, I don't see this working in the United States anytime soon. Well, we have other issues too. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. But I mean, we have a very large homeless population in our country that. Uh, you know, that would be a very big disservice. We would have to provide some form of shelter and food for these people if they can't go out and panhandle for cash. They would ultimately become more of the government's responsibility. But if you're going to move away from, you know, you can't just leave them out there to sure. their own device. You but can't. think about it. If we stop spending two and a half cents to make every penny, maybe there will be cost savings. I, no, I don't see why we couldn't do away with change and just make things right. have a dollar amount or something, right. you know, or maybe have just 50 cents or I don't know, something. But why does stuff have to cost two ninety six? Why can't it just be three dollars? You know, it's it's. I don't see why we couldn't change that. Well, that's the other thing, right? So you could do it where, for those of us that can afford and have the wherewithal, right? So if I go to the store and it's two ninety six for my whatever I'm buying, right? Yes. I just round it to three. That difference goes to paying for the 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 society. And a, you know, a lot of stores do that not for society. It doesn't well, go they towards do it, right. pay, they but they do it for charity. charity right? Yes. Something they ask you, do, do you want to donate your change to charity? And they round up whatever your bill is. If it's like $2.48, you know, the, so maybe that's the thing, remaining right? change goes to charity. Forces us to mature so where, you know, it'll go to a, you know, go, instead of going to a government program, maybe charity would help, you know, fill in. Yeah. But that would force us to, you know, cause the problem with the United States I especially. I bet you a lot is, of people would do that. Well, that's the problem. Like the United States, you know, Philanthropy today represents a lot less of the. I mean, you got to think back to the early 1900s, where for all the issues we had with robber barons and and big industry, robber barons back then still put a lot of money back into society. Yes, um, that doesn't really happen as much today. No, <laughs> at least percentage no. wise. I mean, yeah, they put money, but not as much as per percentage of what you know their value they made. So anyway. 
hats off to Sweden. I'd be curious to see how this works. Yeah. Um, and maybe one day I'll get to go over there and I can get some Swish. That's the other thing that sucks. Like, when I go and travel overseas, then I wouldn't be able to bring anything back for the kids or grandkids to show them, you know. The, we don't have grandkids yet, honey. You don't have that yet. No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> Last story. Back to the Future. So, yes, two days ago, October was October 15th, 2015. Wait, no, Back to the Isn't it October 21st? No, it was October 15th. No, it says Back to the Future Day is October 21st. What? It's what it says. Um, hold on. That's uh, what the article back says. Back to the Future. I thought it came back on, um. I thought it was the 15th, too, but the, the article says the 21st. Hold on, October. I guess October twenty first. That's it's coming up in Google. No, that's like showtime. Back to the future day. Yeah, the movie flashes forward to October twenty first, twenty fifteen. So yeah, it is that. So we're. I thought it was the fifteenth too, but yeah. So we're four days away from it. Um. So this is coming to this us from the, we just watched this a few weeks ago. Vienna University came on, uh, of Technology. Sci fi or something like that. Sci fi, yep. Yeah. Also, if you remember when Marty the nineteen eighty five version of Marty um goes into twenty fifteen, he puts on his clothes, he that's the first indicating that something's kinda of different here. But then he goes he his walks out puffs yep, up. Yeah. <laughs> then he walks out into um the middle of the uh, of City Square and uh John was Jaws nineteen. Yes, something big, like that. The big shark comes out. And it was a big 3D shark that came out and like bit him, but it was like a holograph type of thing. So guess what? Apparently, that technology, to be able to do 3D without glasses, is actually apparently... Um, it's in the works. It's a prototype yep. is there. So not only do we have a hoverboard, even though it's a prototype, that I think Lexus put out, it relies on yeah, uh, super cool, it doesn't go super cool materials. Right. It would only last as long because once the super cool material gets to like you know minus 150 degrees, it stops working. <laughs> um, but it did, you know the point is we're getting we're there. getting there. Um, so this uh, again, so they weren't the you know back in the 80s they weren't so far off the mark no. of where we are today. Well, here, the interesting, real interesting thing is. Um, it was a little future forward, but not well, extremely. It was Miami versus uh, the Cubs for the World Series. Was yes. who won? And guess who might be going to the World Series in 2015? Real the Cubs for real. <laughs> so there's a chance that Yay, reality um, that would be really weird. So anyway, that is funny. Um, oh yeah, that's right because Biff was betting, betting on yep. all the sports things. Exactly. He had the almanac. That was okay. Yep, I remember that now. Uh, so the Cubs may actually really do it for real. So anyway, um, these researchers um, are working. They're called, um, I guess, two companies or two groups. Two, two, T-U-N and Trilight Technologies are uh, presenting a display element which uses special micro-optics and a moving micro-mirrors to project different pictures into different directions. This technology can be used to create 3D displays without the need for 3D glasses. So your eyes... It kind of, well, we're talking really tiny, like very fine-tuned mic, um, uh, mirrors break up the image. And the thing is, apparently, it can use the normal 3D. Like you can buy 3D movies. A couple of years mm-hmm. ago, it was really big. There was 3D DVDs. Well, you can still use those same movies to drive this technology, so you don't have to do anything new. Um, and then apparently, because it, it splits it so fast, and then your as the light comes into your eye, it your brain then puts together this is a 3D image. Okay. Um, and, uh, looks like they've got a prototype that I guess they're, they're, and they use, they're, they're, they're called Trixels is their unit of like, you have pixels today. Well, yes. try pixel. Um, and it's a, it's a fully, um, it's a full color display. So a lot of old 3d stuff was monochromatic. Like, you know, it was all green or all mm-hmm. blue. This is a, is a, um, full color, um, and this module consists of a whopping 12 by 9 trixels. Um, but then you can keep adding modules together. Yeah, to create uh, um, something. To okay. create large ones. But they're called the things like the software's already developed. The, the software to make this stuff hap- to work is done. Um, they're just still working a little bit more on the hardware side. Um, but all this started, the basic technology was invented by Trilight back in 2011. Um, and they've been working to... Um, Again, get the hardware just fine tuned. Um, 
what that says is, is the technology cool. yeah, is now they're get, they're, they said that it's pretty much ready for uh, uh, ready for market. They're just looking for the right partners to do the mass production. Cool. So there you go. Back to the future is here. Yay. We're gonna we're gonna make it. <laughs> and that is our last story. Yep. So do, 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 do. I'm trying to think. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Rudy's probably. I don't think so. I think we established Doctor that. Doctor tonight. Yes. That yes. So what are you thinking about the new Doctor Who? <sighs> I hate the to be continued. I hate that. I just, I, I personally don't like it because a, the first night is always the best. And then the second half of it is always sort of blah because they're trying to wrap everything up in this neat little tiny bow and this, you know, nice little package for you. And it makes absolutely no sense. Like the one last week. And you have to remember what you did to last week. Yes, and that's the problem for me, too. I don't remember. By the time it comes back on, I'm like, wait, what was the story again? I don't remember it. So I, it's, I just wish they would go back to the way they were doing it more last year where they were doing more singular stories. I think – so here's my – if. I, I still love it. And I think Peter Capaldi is probably – I mean, I still like it. Don't get me wrong. He's my third favorite doctor behind uh, – Tim uh, Tom Baker and Matt Smith. I like Matt Smith. Here's, yeah, I, here's I think I like Matt Smith. The one thing that I here's so here's my problem. If I had to say what my problem was, and I think I'm finally understanding what I, it's not quite. Um, and, oh, can I just me. say, Sonic shades are stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry, they are. You went to Sonic screwdriver. I got it. Um, they just are. So here's what here's what I think my concern is that. Um, We've been for the last three doctors. We've been very much um, a, more of a whimsical guy in whimsical situations. Yes. Right? Whereas, and then we we knew Peter Capaldi was going to bring him because he is yet yes he's an older gentleman, um, and he kinds of plays those types of roles of being he was the guy that was curse words every other word. Uh, the show. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. Um, yes. So that'd be actually cool if they could. That if, was if they could let him hilarious. Curse, he'd be great. What was I that think. show called? Or uh, movie or whatever uh, in it was. the loop. In the loop. In the, oh, that was Something so like funny. That. So I, I think that Capaldi has to play it the way he is. I think that's great. I just want to see I want to see those I want to see that gruff, cranky doctor, but in fun, whimsical situations. Like, yeah. So I think that would make it more yeah, the, this dichotomy. The situations they're putting them in are just so they're, they're like, the situation is dark. Fictional. Well, not only that, but they're dark. Like the situation yeah. is dark, he's dark, and it, it appeared. I think there could be there could be a. They could work off better if here's this cranky old guy, but he like he's in these fun, weird, yeah, more, you know, fun. I don't want to say fun, but more upbeat situations. Yes. Whereas, um, like one of my favorite episodes is the um, the uh, is the Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, uh, no, Van Gogh. Van Gogh, yes. Vincent. How did I get the painter wrong? Yeah. Vincent. Yes, off. yes, that's one of my favorite episodes, just where they're kind of helping him, and you know, right. I wish they would just do more, like you said, light-hearted stuff, I mean, you gonna, so think, that he could let his. Right. I mean, you have the scary side mo- out a little right. more. Like Van Gogh was a little th- thing. It was right. There was the scary monster, but he was very much in the shadows. Yeah. They they, they highlighted more the fun, whimsical, and yeah, Van, they played with the Van Gogh's issues with his, you know, per, um. Psychology, yes, but they did it in a fun way, and I think they just need to. I think they need to just lighten up the situations, the yes, and let and let everything's been about dying and death, and it's like okay, we get it already, and they do, and you you can save people from death and dying, you know, you know, that part of it, they know they want to like. I think the fact that he plays the guitar is freaking great. I love yeah, that's cool. that this is a doctor that plays the guitar. He's kind of this. Um, so I, I mean, he could he, have like, had a these... sonic guitar pick or something. <laughs> there you go. Had to pick shape. Anyway, so tonight is the first of, I'm guarantee it's going to be a two part because <sighs> it's, it has um, <laughs> Maisie Williams is her name. The girl from game of Thrones. I don't know. Who's it, rumored to have her. a bigger role in doctor who okay. in the long run. Um, the interesting is, could, you know, Especially if if something happens to her character in the new um, season of Game of Thrones, spoiler alert, in the last episode of of Game of Thrones, 
she is she was uh, hanging out with the, what they call them, the Two Faced, the the Two Faced God, the people that were Two Faced God, and she may have got killed, but she may have not been killed. It may have been one of her one of these people that can switch faces got killed. Oh, um, so we don't know if she actually is dead or not. But my point is, if she is, if her character is going to get written out of the of Game of Thrones, at least the television show, that could be a very interesting thing in a post Clara world. Yeah, this is Clara's last season. Yes. Um, I think I and thank goodness because I think Clara drags him down. I just do. I like Clara. I know you like Clara, I like but Clara so much. I just think she's, she's so serious. Though. She's feisty. She's a little feisty. She little is, thing. but she's so serious. And with all the the <sighs> situations that they're put in, like her seriousness, and then they put them in situations what do, with death and what do dark think, and despair. How do you think, how do you think Annie Pond? What? How do you think Annie Pond would have been with the uh, Peter Capaldi doctor? You know, I don't know. That I I don't know. I can't say because I liked her with Matt Smith. Yeah. And I think maybe she would have been too um, young. Like, it would have been more of a father-daughter kind of right. relationship. So I don't know how that would have played out. Yes. But instead of a companion thing. So, anyway. I don't yeah. know. So tonight, tonight, I think it's Vikings and Robots and the Doctor and the Game of Thrones girl. What more could you want for Saturday <laughs> night? Uh, so with that, we're going to wrap it up here. Yep. Uh, as always, you can head over to steampowerpodcast.com, find the links for everything else. Shout out to our sponsor, uh, Audible. You can head over to audibletrial.com slash steampowerpodcast. Sign up for a 30-day trial of Audible. Uh, you get one free credit. Go download an audiobook, listen to it, have fun with it. If you stick around, it's only $15 a month. You get another credit. I get ready to hop on an airplane here, so i got to see if we have any extra credits. And we I may, should, yeah. I may pick up an audiobook for the plane trip. Um, we should, and you can do that too. Again, audibletrial.com slash steampower podcast, or just head over to steampowerpodcasters.com. There's links to everything, including signing up for our new Slack channel. We've got a people, a couple actual people actually signed up. Cool. And you can do that too. You need to do that too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm um, not on the Slack train yet. We're getting there. I've got nothing else. You got anything else? Nope. All right. So uh, with that, thank you all very, 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 very much for listening and watching. And until next time, stay quirky and keep it steamy.